This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Drive the Lane Podcast, fresh off the NFL draft. Where did Buckeyes land? What's new with them? Who wasn't drafted but signed as an undrafted free agent? Hint, hint, wink, wink. We have one of them. Liam McCullough is the guest today on our show. Before we get into all that, we're going to talk a little Michael Jordan, MJ, last dance, because if we're not talking about it, we're not a sports podcast. That's kind of the rules in this day and age in quarantine that you have to talk about the last dance. But before all that, of course, Drive the Lane podcast, a part of the Letterman Row Network, is presented by High Street Tees. All you're doing, we've talked about this before, all you're doing is sitting at home doing nothing. So why don't you do something and buy one of our shirts and you could use our promo code DTL 15 for 15% off your entire order. Get drive the lane shirts, get crazy mama's pass and brew Buckeye donuts, the library, you name it. They got it. High street teas, a toast to high street past present. And we like throwing in there the future because we are the future. Joey, how was that? <laughs> that was great. I will say, I was tr- every time Zolden does this, usually we're in person and you guys aren't watching us. I try to either leave the room or go on my phone or something so I don't laugh just because I don't know what it is. It's just because I nail it and all you can do is sit there and laugh. Yeah, I mean, they call him one Drake Zoltan. So one yeah, take I mean, or one Drake? One take, one take Zoltan. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just sat here and you just see me smiling because I'm just like, yeah, you guys can see me now. I can't just go on twitter and look at we rate dogs you know (laughs) exactly so as we said we're gonna kick things off with mj the last dance oh yeah by the by the time you're hearing this the real (laughs) sports story of quarantine everyone's talking about the draft and football will there be college football will there be who cares let's talk some hoops Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk about the documentary on the second greatest player ever and his last championship year with the Bulls. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's no need to go into a LeBron versus MJ debate like every other place. All you need to know is that, look, if you want stats, look at LeBron. If you want rings, look at Russell. Bill Russell. If you want the mentality, look at Kobe. If you want dominance, look at Wilt. But if you want all of them combined, look at Michael Jordan. Okay? That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. All right. This has been our talk on The Last Dance. So, <laughs> no, Joey, <laughs> what are some thoughts? Though. What are some thoughts from watching that was pretty so good. far? Yeah, really? that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it was – I'll tell you this. It was really, really cool, obviously, because I'm a huge Bulls fan. Uh, obviously, Michael Jordan is my basketball god growing up in Chicago. Um, and it was even cooler because not only am I a huge Bulls fan, and I, but I'm watching it with my family, my parents who lived it, my dad who obviously grew up a huge Chicago sports fan and a Michael Jordan fan and was, you know, watching every one of those games in, in his apartment with his friends. And my mom who um, had just moved to Chicago and, and now she is, she is now she's all, all she knows is Bulls basketball and stuff like, um, and then also Andre, um, who, who basically is our, is my brother, who's always over, even in quarantine times, he, he lives, you know, near us. So he goes to the grocery and he goes, we to might have market. to cut that out. 
Yeah, well, it's okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, he is a little younger than my parents, so he gives the even cooler view of, like, my dad, you know, he's like Michael Jordan's age-ish. But Andre is younger, and he grew up, like, you know, imitating him, you know, as he grew up and stuff. So it was really cool to watch it with those guys because they're just, like, reliving their childhood or reliving their glory years or whatever you want to call it. So that was really, really cool. I will say, controversial take, they did say that the first two episodes were the worst. I was a little underwhelmed in, in terms of this. It was a little hard to follow if you didn't know – if you didn't know everything there was to know about the Bulls. Like, they started with – they went, you know, to the championship parade, and then they went back to him in college, and then they went back to him in high school. And then mm-hmm. they talked to his parents. Then they talked to Scottie Pippen. Then they – then they went back to his rookie year. Then they went to his third year. Then they went to his broken foot. Yeah, they were then jumping they around a lot. To Italy. Then they went to their trip to France. And, and I was just like, like, me, the guy, the all-knowledgeable Bulls fan, even my dad was confused. He was like, I live this, and I don't, and I don't know what part they're talking about. There's like, is this a – that's the only criticism I have. It was amazing. Like, amazing. I was glued to the TV the entire time. But – that's my that's my critique of it. It was a little hard to follow at times. Like if I was, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't know, if I was just a casual golf fan that was like, I need sports, like I'm gonna watch this MJ documentary, I'd be a little confused. Not saying that it wasn't well done. I mean, it was incredible, but that's all I'm saying. I agree. Um, I think we make more doing this podcast than Scotty Pippen was making going into that last season. I got to say that was a little blown out of proportion. I thought too. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get into it. I mean, the dude made more money in his career than MJ did playing, right. playing wise, contract wise, like overall. Right. Fine. So, I mean, I thought it was funny when his wife or I don't even know, are they still together? Whatever. Yeah. Larsa, yeah. Larsa Pippen was like, he's doing just fine. It's like, Oh, yo, says you who cheated on him with future. Like, okay, buddy. Like, but if you're going to pick anyone to cheat with future's pretty cool. Sure. <laughs> How much do you think the song mask off is going to get played when quarantine ends? Oh my god! When quarantine ends, but even when quarantine ends, we'll still have our we'll still have to wear a mask. But you're right; it will get played more because when we come back home mm-hmm. after we have been wearing our mask all day, everyone will be like, yeah. "Yeah." So there was this bar at at Mizzou that opened my sophomore year called My House, and still to this day, every time you're there, you'll hear "Welcome to My House." So it'll be like that when everyone's taking their yo, masks yo, off. Where do you guys want to meet up? Uh, well, you guys can just come to my house. It's very confusing. Trust me. It's confusing. We've, but we've heard all the jokes, and I've made all the jokes. How about the fact that the Ohio State Bar is named the library? Oh, you mom and dad are calling? Where are you? Hey, mm-hmm. Joe, what are you doing? It's, it's so late. What are, you, what are you answering the phone for? Oh, I'm just on my way to the library. So my, my house has three my house has three areas and this is so random but my house has three areas the living room the dining they have room. the main room okay the backyard which is outside and the attic which is upstairs and i think it was the middle of my senior year someone was like you know it's called the attic because it's supposed to be like a house and we all were like oh my god no way we like didn't realize it we just thought it was upstairs so like it's an attic but we didn't make the connection like what about the backyard? You didn't make the connection for the backyard? Mm-mm. We were just like, it's out back. It's a backyard. Talk about a Mizzou education. Oh, man. Oh, easy. Easy. Sorry, sorry. Easy. Mizzou, speaking of Mizzou, they had a player drafted last night, didn't they? One, we had, maybe a, we, we had two players drafted. Albert Ukawebunam uh, <laughs> is reunited with Drew Locke in Denver. 
and Jordan Elliott is heading to Cleveland with my Cleveland Browns. Are we ready Jordan to jump Elliott into the different. draft? Because I got some stats for you if we're ready to jump into the draft. Yeah, well, I'll sorry. I, that was a good segue. The last thing I'll say about the MJ documentary is we were recording this before the Rodman episode. So we'll have our thoughts on the Rodman episode um, at some point. But it's going to be – I mean, it's just – the, the, um, the lead-in for it, like the teaser – is incredible i'm just excited i'm just excited to see the dude marry himself i mean he's nuts it'll be fun so so, i got all the last dance episodes sent to me on like a yeah, google drive i'm sure you got it sent too. i yeah. could not have deleted something faster oh yeah no no i retweeted something about it um dan dan poneman who i will probably have on at some point a uh, sports agent he actually jay sean tate's agent um he tweeted like yes we're all getting sent this documentary and i could not be less excited about getting it because i the coolest thing about it is watching it with everyone yeah so, i'm not i i refuse to watch it it's I, like to me it's like my parents love being in the middle of a sports game and then pausing it and eating dinner I'm like no yeah well i like to watch it with everyone so i can be can't on twitter do that. anyway anyway we can talk all about right that. Let's talk some draft. So I got some stats for you. It's not really stats. It's just we should probably recap because if you're like us, by the end of the draft, you weren't really following. I mean, I was – I was – Right. I was tuned in all of day one, all of day two, and a lot of day three. But I was not tuned in when KJ Hill got drafted, so that was a Twitter update for me. And I'm going to run through it real quick. So former Buckeye Joe Burrow, first overall pick. All right. He'll be joining the Bengals. Chase Young, second pick, former Buckeye. I'm not going to say former Buckeye after all of them. From now on, we'll only be discussing players that were 100% Buckeyes. All right, number two, Chase Young, Redskins. Ninth, number three, I forgot one, one, two, three. Number three, Okuda, cornerback, Detroit Lions, former Buckeye. <laughs> and then 19, this is kind of a stretch. And I know we don't bet, but one of the bets I would have taken if we did bet that I did take was that – there would be three Buckeyes drafted in the first round, and I thought it was going to be a J.K. Dobbins, Chiefs pick 32 buzzer beater. But, oh, no, it was a thank, Damon Arnett. Thank God, thank God you didn't bet on J.K. Dobbins because he got picked in, what, the fifth round or something? Yeah, I definitely didn't bet on him. Uh, <laughs> Damon Arnett, 19th to the Raiders. Kind of a shocker. I thought he could go first round, but not that high. And then we waited and waited and waited, and J.K. chip on his shoulder Dobbins went – 55th mid end of the second round to the Ravens. And all I can think is that he's going to kill the Browns twice a year. And I know it's going to happen and it's going to piss me off. And I'm just thankful that we didn't need a running back and we like passed on him. At least it's just like, that's where he ended up. He's going to kill us. It would have been crazy if the Browns, you know, like, yeah, you're what you're saying, but also, like, if they would have picked a Michigan wide receiver instead of the most productive wide receiver in Ohio State history, that would be crazy. Oh, I got thoughts on that. I got thoughts on that. All right, we'll get to that. Devon Hamilton, Jaguars, 73rd overall pick. Shout out Andrew Dockich. That's his favorite player ever. Really? Yeah, I don't know. We, we were sitting, you know, our seats are really good, and we're right behind the bench. And we're sitting at a game, like, my junior year. He was like, Joe, look at how big number 53 is. Like, that's my guy. And then slowly but surely he turns into one of the best like defensive linemen in the country. So so that's shout out Doc. That's his favorite guy. Jonah Jackson, offensive line, Lions, number seventy five, number ninety eight, pick number ninety eight, Malik Harrison, linebacker, Ravens. My brother was pissed. My brother really wanted the Browns to take him. 
and they took Jordan Elliott instead. All right, and then we waited 100 picks to number 199 for Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. He went to the Rams. And then pick number 220, K.J. Hill, Chargers. That's the one that everyone said the Browns should have taken. They took Donovan's, Peoples, Joneses. And <laughs> and I got to say, if, Donovan, if Donovan's, Peoples, Joneses DPJ, had if – DP, if DPJ had – JT Barrett, Haskins, Justin Fields, he would have been a second-round pick. Well, yeah, that's a point someone made on Twitter. I saw that someone – Like, even Urban said that. Urban was like, he's a top-15 player he in this would, draft. He was, debated, he was down to Ohio State and Michigan in high right. school. But, so, he was like the 12th player overall or something crazy. And Shea Patterson was the fourth player overall. And they both went to Michigan, and one went undrafted, and one – Well, Shea was, Patterson – didn't Shea Patterson start at Ole Miss? Yeah. And then he went to Michigan, where he right. played the most. I mean, but right. I mean, yeah. It just shows. It shows you how well they are. They're developing people over it. Yeah, I, I like I mean, the Donovan's Peoples Jones's pick because I, I don't mind it. I think he has KJ Hill. The guy you guys drafted, he turned out pretty well. Yeah, he turned into Odell, so it turned out pretty well. Um, seventh round, also Jay pick, Sean num- pick number two hundred thirty-five, Jay Sean Cornell. Who I had math class with. He's lucky. He's lucky he squeezed that one in. And then a bunch of guys, including today's guest, Liam McCullough, were picked up as undrafted free agents. Uh, Something I'm going to bring up with Liam that you guys will hear an interesting stat. Only seven long snappers in the history of the draft have ever been drafted. And one of them was this year, but it was not Liam. When did that guy get drafted? Oh, that's kind of a bummer. I know. I don't know if I'm going to say that to him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe but I'm going to say that seven people stat, but then I won't say one of them is this year. Or, not you could just, yeah, or you could say, guess how – do you know how many long snappers have been? Yeah. Anyway. But um, from here in that list, who do you think – like when you see that list, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact immediately for their team? Joe Burrow or Chase Young? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That's pretty obvious. Um, if we're looking for a stretch um, – I think, like, like offensive linemen, I mean, we don't know what kind of impact they're making. Cornerback, like, we don't really know what kind of impact they're making, you know. Um, but I think, like, a guy like K.J. Hill, like, why why can't he fit in right away? I think that they have some studs and in Los Angeles, like, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and dudes on the outside, and Keenan Allen works in the middle and stuff. But K.J. Hill, I, I could very well see him just – he slips right into that starting – um, slot receiver spot, and all the attention goes to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and 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 then there you there you have it. He tur- he's like who they're like who where they get this guy from, you know? Right. So I don't know. I, I don't know how he doesn't go earlier with what Hartline's production has done in the NFL. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. If you not only is he the leading receptions guy, he's going up against the number three pick and the number 19 pick in the draft every day in practice. Mm-hmm. And then the year before he's going up against Denzel Ward and now, and still Sean Wade, who's going to be a, a first round pick next year. I mean, it's just whatever I, people are dumb. I tweeted, I tweeted the other day or during the draft, which was the other day. Um, I said, why? I said, what? Why don't the bears just pick Ohio state players? So I think that they're doing something smart. You know, I think, I think at the play. beginning of this podcast, I said my theory, which was, the best players in the NFL and the best players in the draft 
this year was an exception because all of LSU got drafted. So this year was an exception. But I always said the best players played at Ohio State or beat Ohio State. Okay. And this year that was some Clemson guys, obviously. But the best guys played at Ohio State or beat Ohio State. And LSU probably may have beaten Ohio State in the championship, and then there would have been all those guys. But I just think everyone who got drafted drafted probably where they should have been. K.J. Hill should have been in the first four rounds, I think. When you see all the receivers that got taken, and maybe the Packers could have taken a wide receiver this year and, and, yeah, that's, and taken K.J. That, Hill. Huh? God, K.J. Hill would be so good with Aaron Rodgers. He'd be unbelievable. Yeah, but then how do I – I can't root for him, so it's okay. Yeah. How about the, the fucking Packers taking Jordan Love? That is just – oh, that's so exciting. As long – That was rich. I, it is very clear that you can interpret the Packers draft in one of two ways. Obviously, me being a Bears fan, I don't like the Packers. Um, they're doing what they did when they had Brett Favre. They had Brett Favre. They drafted Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre groomed Aaron Rodgers. There were retirement rumors they wanted. They needed someone just in case, and – he groomed him, and then Aaron Rodgers turned into one of the best quarterbacks ever. That could be number one. Or number two, when you look at it like they drafted a quarterback and not a wide receiver to, to help Aaron Rodgers, then it's like, hmm, maybe they, there's a little trouble in paradise there. Mm-hmm. So, But it probably there probably is no trouble in paradise until Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, there's nothing in my job description that says I have to develop these young quarterbacks or whatever yeah. with a mustache or whatever, like he just came out of quarantine. You think Tyrod Taylor, who's right now the Chargers quarterback, is just sick of of playing three games and then the draft pick starting for him? Because that's going to happen with Herbert again. Not maybe not though, because they're not in full rebuilding mode. Like they are really, they're good. They were they were so close. Do you know how many games? Two they- years ago, two years ago they were good. Last year they were pretty bad. No, but they were losing every game by one touchdown, dude. They were so. I followed them very closely because I had Phil Rivers and Keenan Allen on my fantasy team, not to mention I won my fantasy championship. But um, I, speaking <laughs> of which, I was – I'm looking at, like, I'm really, really bored. And, I, and sometimes, like, when you get bored, you just scroll Amazon. And I got – I'm into the Funko Pop game now. And I was looking at what Funko Pops I should buy. I stumbled across a Keenan Allen one. That's what made me think about my fantasy team. So then I look for a Christian McCaffrey one, and they have one. And I'm like, oh, man, Christian McCaffrey Funko Pop. You should have the person who came in last in your league last year buy you that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I Let me pull up my shopping cart of who I have right now. Wait, just... I, while you do that, I thought of a good question to ask you. Sure. Actually, I thought of a good question for you to ask me. Ask me which rookie I think will have the biggest immediate impact what on the offensive you... side. What rookie do you think you Fantasy-wise, fantasy-wise. Who? Your question to you, who? So, I think J.K. Dobbins will sneakily be amazing. I think he will get – a lot of third down and long distance work. Mark Ingram's going to be the goal line guy because he's just a bowling ball, but he also can break down and be hurt. I think he probably played through some injuries this year. If you see this year, I think you'll see a game or two where Mark Ingram could play if it was the Super Bowl, but just be like, I'm taking this game off and JK Dobbins will just feast on whoever they play. Yeah. It's crazy how, how short of a lifespan running backs have, you know, but yeah, Adrian Peterson, but yeah, I could see Dobbins being great. They just run. The, I mean, they ran for 5,000 yards or whatever this year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. why not have another, another threat back there? I mean, they, instead of having RG three in the backfield, now they have two running backs back there, you know, and JK Dobbins can catch the ball. I mean, just, no, not I, in the, Clem- not in the Clemson game. We don't talk no. about that. He could, he could in theory, catch the ball. <laughs> he could maybe catch a ball. Yeah. 
So I, I could see him doing well. I'm just yeah. thinking of other rookies like, I don't know, like CeeDee Lamb is just incredible. And there's always wide receivers that do well fantasy. Like I, it, I don't want to keep talking about my team. Like it's dumb. I don't care about the te- my team anymore. Obviously, Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Hilaire, whatever yeah. the Hilaire his name is. Yeah. Um, he's going to be Prince of unbe- unbelievable on the Chiefs. Yeah, he'll do. He's going to have like 800 yards passing or 800 yards rushing, Whoa. 800 yards receiving, and like 15 total touchdowns. He's going to be amazing. Yeah. Mahomes is going to. And if you're not watching, I'm, I'm making a quick throwing motion. Yeah, that's what Mahomes is going to do. But I think, I don't know. I think um, every year there's like at least one really good rookie wide receiver. And last year, like, like, I just happened to have them all on my team, like Debo Swam, Samuel, um, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, like all these guys. And uh, Austin Brown, right? That's his name on the Titans. There was like four or five really, really good wide receivers, you know? So I could see, you know, see any of the really – CeeDee Lamb or any of the Alabama guys being being really, really good. Like Henry Ruggs, like that dude's a freak. And, and obviously Gruden is drafting him to use him, you know? So – he could do great. AJ Brown, is that what you meant to say? AJ Brown. Well, it's Austin yeah. Brown Jr., I think. So oh. they call him AJ Brown. Oh, I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Yeah, like the attic. I'm in my basement of my house because it's below the main floor. Yeah, so I get if it. That bar has a lower level, and they I call get it. Basement, that's probably why. Anyway, back to my Funko Pops. Right now in my cart, um, I have a Spider Man, my favorite Marvel character. I have Justin Timberlake uh, with InSync, which is just a hilarious. He's got like the ramen noodle hair. I've got Kevin Malone from The Office with his chili bucket because I'm rewatching The Office right now, and he's and he's one of my, if not my favorite, characters. And then I have a Michael. I already have a Michael Jordan Bulls one, so now I have a Michael Jordan UNC warmups, which is it's so cool with the old warmup jacket and stuff, and he's holding the ball under his thing. And then I have a Barack Obama bobblehead. Wait, wait, wait. He's wearing a ba- he's wearing a basketball uniform, spinning a red, white, and blue ball on his finger, and his jersey number is forty-four. That's so cool. I have a KJ Hill, uh, Malik Harrison, Jeff Okuda, Joe Burrow, all in my cart. Yeah, I don't know. They they got Funko Pops ready to go. Yeah, the Malik Harrison one I heard is just been flying off the shelves. <laughs> Anything else before we get to our interview with Liam McCullough, Coca McCullough? Um, um, I don't think so. I think. The, the main takeaway from the draft is uh, if you want to go to the NFL, then you should go to Ohio State, it seems like, you know? Or go to Michigan and get just get drafted a little later. Right. Yeah. If you want to <laughs> if you want to make some money in the NFL, go to Ohio State, and you'll get picked in the top five. You just – if you want to be a great just, defensive end, come to Ohio State, you'll get picked in the top three. If you want to be a cornerback, you'll get picked in the top five. If you want to be a quarterback, you might – you might get picked number one if you transfer, but you might also get picked number 16 if you stay. So, like, Justin Fields will be a top 10 pick next year, right? Yeah, and I, I think we got to give credit where credit's due. LSU, you can go there, too, and have a pretty successful <laughs> have, have a pretty successful life if you go to LSU. Yeah, I mean, well – If you, you want to be drafted to the Browns, go to LSU. If you win the national championship – you're and you're starting and you're eligible to go to the NFL draft, you're probably going to get drafted. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. it's safe to say for about any school. All right. Liam McCullough, Coca McCullough. Yeah. Now, 
now we welcome on Liam McCullough, who I used to cheat off him in accounting. Not literally, but he would help me with my homework. All right. We'll do a real introduction when we get him on. All right. Let's get oh, to yeah, it. That's not a fair introduction. He's more than that. All right. <laughs> All right, we now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast via Zoom, <laughs> former Ohio State long snapper, now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders, Liam McCullough. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be on. And we are definitely excited to have you. This is NFL player number like four or five for us. I'm going to start you off with a tough trivia question right off the bat. You ready? Okay. So you were an undrafted free agent. Okay. How many long snappers who had long snapper as their position listed have ever been drafted? I can tell you right now there's been one each year since 2015. So that would be that'd be at least six. There's at least six. Now I'm going to guess nine. Very close. The it's answer seven. is seven. Seven. Ah, I was about to say, I, knew, I know there's at least six. You were very close. And that's cool that you knew that there have been one every year since 2015. Impressive I remember, stuff. Liam, I remember when we first started hanging out, like, freshman, sophomore year, whenever that was, and we would eat at Sloopy's after we studied at the, at the library. We were talking about, you know, obviously I had no desires to play professionally or definitely not get drafted, but obviously you – had had those those the opposite of me and I remember you telling me you know well there's the past couple of years there's been a guy drafted and I was like who would have thought you know yeah. and then from then on our, our friendship has blossomed into now you're a guest on the podcast you know love it love it. it's been a long time coming so talk to me about the draft prep this year you know obviously a different year without pro day um and all the and obviously just being a crazy world in general what were your the ins and outs of every day for you? Yeah, so my schedule didn't really change too much once the quarantine hit. Um, you know, I, I started out lifting uh, at Grandview Pro Fitness here in Columbus, um, and I was uh, doing my all my running at the Woody with the Ohio State coaches. And then I started out once a week driving out to Indianapolis to snap with uh, former NFL Indianapolis Colts long snappers, uh, Justin Snow and Matt Overton. Um, and so once this quarantine hit, we kind of had to change our schedule up based off of uh, some of the new rules and regulations in Indian in Indiana with the snapping. Um, and I couldn't run at the Woody anymore. Um, but uh, my lifting, uh, my lifting schedule didn't really change much. You know, I hopped around from home gyms and uh, home gym to home gym, got uh, some one on one training done while gyms were closed to the public. Um, so my, my lifting really didn't change at all. Um, if anything, it was better because I got to spend, you know, more time with less distractions. Um, running was a little bit uh, tough, finding outdoor fields and finding nice days to be on outdoor fields. Um, but I also would do a little bit of running while I was in uh, Indianapolis training. Yeah, well, running's tough regardless. So it's, <laughs> it, seems <Yeah. laughs> like, it seems like it probably just intensified. So that, that's good to hear. In terms of like, meetings with 
with teams and stuff, was it a little bizarre to do it like this? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was really weird to do it to not one not have a pro day. That was that was really disappointing. Um, you know, that's something you you prepare for and you you hope for. You know, for for a long time. But um, you know, it once once pro days got canceled and private workouts got canceled, it was weird to not be able to talk with coaches face to face. There was a lot of FaceTime, a lot of phone calls, um, a lot of texting, um, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise though, because it was, I was able to, you know, film my own workouts, my own running workouts, snapping workouts and lifting. Um, and I got to post it on YouTube and then send the link out to all these coaches. So anytime a coach would call me or FaceTime me or whatever, um, and ask, you know, what I've been doing, I could tell them, Oh, you know, my schedule hasn't changed much. I've still been doing this, 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 um, you know, working to get bigger, stronger, faster, better at snapping. Um, you know, if you'd like to see, I have a playlist, that's made up in lieu of pro day that I can shoot you the link to right now. And I, and all of them that I told that said, absolutely send it over to me. So that was yeah, kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's the perfect idea. It seems like. So I got, I got a two part question. Question part one, I'm going to need that footage sent to me, sent to <laughs> me. Can you please send that over? Absolutely. <laughs> and then question number two, what was your first interaction with the Raiders? Like who then ultimately you signed with? So it was interesting. The Raiders were actually the very first team that reached out to me. Um, and they were probably uh, the most interactive, if not one of the top two most interactive teams uh, that I had encountered this, this spring. So my very first interaction with them, I actually got a call from uh, their special teams assistant, whose name is Byron Storer. And he gave me a call and we talked on the phone for about an hour and a half. And it seemed a lot like a job interview. Um, you know, he asked me a lot of the same questions that you guys have asked already, but also, you know, talked about my strengths, my weaknesses, what I could bring to the program or sorry, uh, to the franchise, excuse me. Well, uh, uh, he asked a lot about, um, you know, my goals on the field and off the field. Um, asked me, you know, what I knew about the Raiders and about Las Vegas. Um, if, you know, if, if, some, if moving to a, a city like Vegas was something I was interested in potentially. Um, well, what'd you say to that? <laughs> I said, absolutely. I, I mean, shoot, you, if there was an NFL team in Alaska, I'd, I'd, I'd go there if they were willing to give me a job. Um, so, um, so that was kind of my first interaction with them. And, uh, you know, I, I heard from them, you know, between one and three times a week um, uh, leading up to, to the draft. And then once the draft hit, it was – you know, one or one or two times an hour. Um, so they were, they, they really were the team that made the biggest push, I would say. Did they tell you up front, like, we are not planning on drafting you, we're planning on signing you the second the draft ends? Or were they like, if there's a seventh or sixth round pick and we don't have any guys on our big boards, you're our guy? So that, that was a, a conversation that I had with, uh, with Byron as well as with uh, Coach Rich Basaccia, who's the special teams coordinator. Um, and, you know, without, you know, boring people and getting into too much detail, uh, you know, we, we had talked about the potential of, of drafting and Coach Basaccia actually said, you know, if we were to take you in the fifth round, you know, what, 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 are you, what could you, what do you, what could you bring to the table? What are we getting? Um, but going into this, you know, the, the Raiders had a very small number of draft picks this year. Um, and the, the idea was always signing as a free agent. Um, drafting was something that we talked about discussed but um the the 
the the pathway that we spoke of was signing as a free agent. If if I I want to backtrack just a little because I feel yeah. like we'd be missing out if we didn't ask you this question. Did you get asked any just bizarre questions during these during these Zoom FaceTime calls? Um, you know, not not really off the top of my head. I uh, you know I it, a lot of teams are really professional. Um, you know, everyone that, that wants to call, they, they ask very specific questions. Um, you know, you'll get, you'll get coaches, scouts, um, GMs, doctors, even that call you that want to know that I had a doctor, uh, from a a separate team call me and interview me about my medical history, um, and, and go through every single part of my body and go down the list and say, have you ever had any sort of sprain, tear, break, anything with this part? No. Okay. Well, have you ever had this injury? No. Have you ever had this injury? No. For about a good 20, 25 minutes. So everything is very succinct. Everything is very, um, uh, very directed. Um, but I, I don't think I got any, nothing that stuck out to me where I was like, good Lord. Why? Yeah. Not like uh, how many bouncy balls can fit in the school bus. No, no market sizing questions. Uh, <laughs> a little different than, uh, than than my Goldman Sachs interviews and stuff like that. But uh. right, I'm sure they hit you with some some oh, yeah. some odd questions in those. But absolutely, um, that's good. I'm. I was kind of hoping you got a weird one, but it makes sense. Like, if it was face to face, you know, you know, like I I picture like Mike Brable, you know, obviously Ohio State guy, and he's a funny guy. Yeah. I picture him going, "All right, so we've asked him the five questions we needed." Now there's time. There's we still have ten minutes. Might as well ask him who his crush in high school was. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say though. Um. You know. I spent. I spent a lot of time talking with. Uh, with Braden Combs, with the new special teams coordinator of the Detroit Lions. So he. We. He and I had a lot of conversations about his dad, who, uh, as you know, was my special teams coordinator, recruited me out of high school. So we. We had a couple laughs and kind of reminisced about our our, our similar experiences with him. But uh, yeah, you would have been the ninth player from Ohio State to join the Lions. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting you mentioned the Lions. My friend uh, Jeffrey actually went third overall to the Lions, <laughs> so wanted to point that out. <laughs> I've met him once or twice. <laughs> so you know, before before we, because I got a bunch of questions about your your teammates that are also now joining you in the NFL. But I got a playbook question. How different are teams' playbooks for you when it comes to long snapping? Or is it just pretty plug and play in terms of what your role would be within a playbook? So I haven't seen uh, the Raiders' playbook yet. That's something that uh, is, is coming in the near future, obviously, with now rookie minicamp being virtual and everything. Um, but in terms of just scheme, scheming uh, professional-style punts versus college punts, um, most college, most schools in, in college uh, have the snapper snap the ball and then release straight down the field. In the NFL, that's not the case. In the NFL, the long snapper has to be part of the protection, um, as you can only release two two people down the field right off the uh, right off the snap. So the snapper is involved in protection, which very very few schools um, implement that or have their snapper block. So that's the biggest difference going from college to the pros. Um, and that's something that every single team does um, in the pros. And I, from the film I've watched and from people I've talked to and just, you know, knowing, you know, being a long snapper, um, the the general punt scheme in the pros is pretty standard. Because correct me if I'm wrong. I remember you saying this. 
you can't be touched in college, right? Um, so there's there's rules protect, protecting the long snapper in terms of they can't hit you while your head's down. Okay. Um, now there's there's similar rules in the in the NFL where they can't line someone directly. They can't line up directly over the top of you. Um, but in this case, you know you're snapping and bringing your head up, and then immediately you're gonna have a guy in your face. Gotcha. Okay. Is there anyone that you're that you're worried about that you're like God? Thank God I'm not in that division. I do not want to do not want that guy running towards me. No, and I'll tell you why. Um, back in starting in fall camp, this whole dream I had of going and playing in the NFL kind of started to become a reality. You know, with with scouts showing up to practice, and you know, you you just hear about people and teams that are interested in you just from 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 uh, from staffers that talk and just, just things that you hear. Um, and so when I started to realize, look, this is something that I'm going to get a shot to do potentially. I went to chase young during camp on like the second day. And I said, chase, I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, I'm going to set up a drill. I want you to rush me as hard as you can. Give me all the, the hand checks, everything, anything that you could do, just stay within this lane. And I want you to try to beat me in any way possible just three or four reps after practice every day. And so that's something that Chase and I worked on during fall camp. And we actually got a couple reps during the season too, but really during fall camp after practice, he'd stick around for three or four minutes and we'd get, we'd get a few reps of that. So I feel, I feel very good, you know, in, uh, in terms of, I'm, I feel very confident in my ability to, to block a rusher. So it's safe to say that you created the animal that is Chase Young. Basically, no, no. <laughs> I wish. So, he, gets on, he gets on his draft interview and goes, you know what, I, I got to thank a lot of people, but first I got to start with, with my long snapper, Liam. You know? Yeah, every, he created every, this drill. <laughs> every day after practice, man. Oh, jeez. So I want, you to, I want you to rank these uh, quarterbacks for me, okay? Okay. In order of who is the best. <laughs> That's what we're nope. All right. Derek Carr. Yes. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And my alma mater's Drew Locke. Uh, just in the order you listed them. Got to go with Raider Nation, obviously. First. That's um, your first time. Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion. Probably a decent quarterback. <laughs> we'll go with Drew Locke. But only because you, you're tied to him. And then I think uh, Herbert will probably be the starter down down there with the Chargers, most likely. She'll see him twice a year. Poor Tyshawn Taylor, man. He every place they they he goes and they're like, we're gonna give you a chance. And then Tyrod, Tyrod, not Tyshawn. Tyshawn. Oh, Tyshawn Taylor's point guard for the Kansas Jayhawks. My bad. Um, Tyrod Taylor, quarterback. Poor guy gets gets a chance, and then they draft someone every year. Right, Zolman, you said that, didn't you? Yeah, Andrew, I said that. Look at this basketball guy trying to talk football. Yeah, yeah. Let the, let the football guys talk. Come Hold on. Hold on. I've said a million times that I am the furthest thing from a diehard football fan. I know, I know my stuff. I know my Ohio State Buckeyes. I know a little bit about the NFL. But I'm a, I'm a basketball guy. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not. Hey, that's okay. Liam, <laughs> Liam I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta tip for you. Okay. So freshman year of high school, which was nine years ago now, I was the starting B team right guard on the football team. B team right guard starting on the B team. <laughs> and 
our quarterback wasn't very good and our line was not very good. And I think I had like five offensive fumble recoveries from just our quarterback fumbling and me diving on it. Yeah. And it for the football, some would say. And and I in one game we played a team that the kicker could not kick off. He only knew how to onside or squib it. And I had five onside kick recoveries because they kept just coming right to me. So I think you should probably you're just patting your own yourself on the back right now. You should probably the advice is that you should probably start working on your hands because there may be a lot of opportunities for you to be diving and grabbing the ball. You're used to you're used to snapping the ball. You're used to snapping the ball. But I just want to let you know that at the next level there will be opportunities where you may need to grab a fumble here and there. You you need to be ready for that. You know, I I really appreciate that. I'll I'll definitely start working that into my routine starting tomorrow. You'll get you'll just call up Chase and be like, "Yo, dude, I got another cool drill for us." Another great drill. It's gonna help both of us. <laughs> so okay. wait, you go ahead, Joey. Yeah, let's bring it back to college. Okay, we've talked about all the guys being drafted. Um, when you were getting recruited, I we know the answer to this, but was it Ohio State or bust? We know you're a Columbus kid. Was that that was always the dream? Uh, I wouldn't say it was Ohio State or bust. It was definitely, it was always going to be Ohio State when Ohio State comes calling. Um, you know, growing up as a, the same thing I tell everyone, growing up as a kid in central Ohio in Columbus, you grow up watching the Buckeyes. Every little boy wants to play for the Buckeyes one day. Um, so that was always a dream of mine. Um, Ohio State wasn't the first team that came calling. So I actually, I tell people, and I, I told Coach Meyer this, and this is how I actually got my offer to Ohio State. I was getting ready to commit to Michigan State from, from whom I had an offer. Um, and I was getting ready to call Coach D'Antonio. And after the uh, 2013 Big Ten Championship where Michigan State beat Ohio State. Um, and so I called Coach Combs, who was the special teams coordinator at OSU. And I said, look, this is what I'm thinking. I just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know. Um, and at that point, I only had a preferred walk-on offer to Ohio State. So Coach Combs said, before you do anything, I want you to come in and uh, sit down with Coach Meyer and I, and we'll talk. So I said, okay, fine, whatever. He's, you know, okay. And so I went in, and I don't remember how – it was a couple of days or a week or two later. Went in, and uh, Coach Meyer ended up offering me a scholarship right there. And he told me uh, – he said, you're really going to commit there. And I said, yeah, like, I think I am. Uh, and he said, look, he said, I'm not going to lose a local player to any school in that state up north. And so he offered me a scholarship, and I committed. Hey, heck of a heck of a recruiter! He, if, if you only knew that all he, all he had to do was say the magic words. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you right now that we've already got two clips that are going to do some numbers on social media: the Urban Meyer scholarship story and the Chase Young come run into me for the next couple hours story. Hey, I, to be I, it's a funny story, but in all honesty, that I, I figured shoot it. Chase is going to go one or two overall. You know, this is before, you know, Joe had his, you know, Heisman season. So at this point, everyone was saying Chase is going to go number one overall. And I said, shoot, if I can, if I can block the number one overall draft pick one-on-one, I could probably block, you know, a pass rusher, you know, in a punt scheme with two guards helping me out or, or a guard mm-hmm. helping me out on either side. So I said, you know, if you want to, you want to be the best, you got to go against the best. So. I'm I'm starting to think just the the wheels are turning in my head. I'm starting to think that I should have called Coach Mata and said, "Look, Coach, I'm going to commit to Michigan State if all you're offering me is preferred walk-on spot." 
I love it. To commit to there, and then I could have had a scholarship from day one, but clearly, clearly, <laughs> earlier than this, man. Liam, when you were around uh, Joe when he was in the program, Joe Joe Burrow, for those who are not yeah. familiar. Were you like, this is a Heisman caliber quarterback, this is a top draft pick caliber quarterback, or were you as, and I guess surprise is not the right word, but were you as pleasantly surprised as everyone else? Um, I think we, I think a lot of us were pleasantly surprised. You know, we know Joe, we knew Joe was a great quarterback, but he never really got, you know, his his chance to shine at Ohio State, not because of his own doing or, you know, anybody else. But, you know, when you have a quarterback room that, you know, in 2015 when I got onto campus, you had JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Joe Burrow, and Braxton Miller. I mean, I, what, <laughs> what the heck are we going to do? Um, but uh, you're going to have four quarterbacks on the field every every uh, snap. Um, but, you know, with Dwayne coming in, and Dwayne absolutely killed it. I love Dwayne. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, you know, Joe just – he just – I don't think he just – I mean, he didn't get his shot, really. He didn't get the, the, the reps um, in games that, that uh, you know, maybe he, he should have. Not that it was a bad thing, you know, because obviously we, we've seen how successful Dwayne uh, was and is. Um, and, you know, I don't, think, I don't think anybody ever doubted that he would get to this point. Um, but we, we knew how good Joe was. Um, but in a, in a room where the, where the, the talent is that stacked, it's hard kind of to, to shine, especially at a position where there's only one quarterback on the field at a time. Yeah, unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles, who will have two quarterbacks on the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we – and I've already said this. I have questions about your teammates that are now in the NFL. Absolutely. But do you, have any, do you have any untold stories involving yourself and any of these guys who are moving on to the next level? A kind of a – we'd be breaking this news when we release it. <laughs> um, not, not anything that's super exciting. Um, I think people would be surprised to hear that, uh, that chase, that chase and I were actually pretty tight. Um, you know, I consider him a great friend. We did a lot of studying together. I, you know, um, we, uh, <laughs> we spent, we spent time together outside of the facility and off the field. Um, I think people would be surprised to hear that, but I think that just kind of goes to, to show the culture of Ohio State is that, and it, it goes to show how great of a person Chase is. That it doesn't matter if you're projected to go number one or number two overall, or you know if you're the long snapper, you know it doesn't matter. Chase is a as a great guy. He works hard, and you know he loves his team and his teammates. So, I mean, maybe to maybe to prove that to people, you could just like shoot him a text right now and be like, "Yo, join the Zoom." <laughs> like, hey, I'm on. A, hey, I'm doing a podcast with Joey Lane. <laughs> Hey, remember those drills I helped you with? Now it's my turn for a face. <laughs> no, wait, I have a, I have a question about your teammates. Zoldan cares about the guys in the NFL. I care about the special teams guys. Absolutely. Will you talk us through what a typical practice was like when, you know, there's, there's only so many punts and kicks you guys can do in a, in a practice. You know, there's a lot of, you know, offensive defensive scheming that you guys are not involved in at all. Obviously what, what happened on a, on a typical practice for you guys? Yeah, so a typical day for us, we come into the facility. Um, KG meetings would start around 2.30. Um, so guys would come in after class, get some lunch, um, and start to get suited up for meetings. Um, so after our kicking meeting, when everyone would break out into offense-defense meetings, um, we would break off into our little specialist meeting. We'd watch any film from the last week, um, go over kind of this week's game plan if we had one already, um, 
and then we would go um, we would go into the locker or into, excuse me into the training room get stretched out get taped um, and we'd start getting ready for practice uh, we'd be out on the field before we're always the first people out on the field um, oh, and yeah. we'd do our stretching because you know especially when it would be you know during spring practice if it was cold outside where everyone's gonna be practicing inside you know you can't you can't be kicking and punting all over the field when you know the whole team's on one field um, but we would always be the first first unit outside. We'd start warming up um, before practice. We'd have something called specialist period right before our, our dynamic warm up, where we would go over whatever uh, whatever the day was. If it, let's say it was a Tuesday. Tuesday's a punt day at Ohio State, so we'd have punt during our specialist period. So snappers would snap to the punters. Punters would punt to the returners, um, who would bring the balls back, and then. Um, everybody was working on punt. Everyone who's involved in special teams would be working on punts. The line would go, um, the line on punt team would go work with a certain coach. Punters and uh, punters and snappers were always work with Coach Meyer. Um, returners would be with Coach Alford or Coach Hartline. Um, and so then, you know, you have your, your dynamic warm-up. Then period one is always special teams, whether it's punt or field goal. So punt day, you got punt period, five minutes, rapid fire. Everyone's flying around, controlled chaos. And then a lot of times that was it. Um, there would be, sometimes there, we'd have a punt block period later uh, in practice. So we would have our second team or third team guys um, go do that. Um, a lot of times we would uh, we'd hit to the, we'd kick to the returners while that, that period was going on as well. Um, but the rest of the practice, really, we just did our own, our own work. We helped each other out, uh, you know, working with any corrections that we had from uh, last week, last weekend's game, um, any new types of scheme things with changing our block spot or having the punter slide or offset or anything like that. We'd work on that during our, uh, during the rest of practice, but really it was just working to get better at what we do. And then what else, and then what else would you do? There had to be, so you had to fill the time somehow. Were you guys hyping other dudes up? Were you asking coaches questions? Were you all hanging out, just kicking field goals? I mean, yeah, so we would do things like, um, we, you know, we would have a little bit of fun, but we always tried to be constructive with it. So we would do things like we'd have field goal competitions. So the guys that wouldn't get reps during the games, um, especially on days like Sunday when we would have, because we'd practice on Sundays after the games. Um, so guys that didn't get, kickers that didn't get reps during the game, we'd have a field goal competition. So we'd do things like guys would play horse um, or pig, you know, kicking field goals from different spots on the field. Or we'd do a pooch punt competition, um, which – you know, we would have the uh, snappers would would each snapper would get a punter or a kicker, and you snap the ball, run down the field, and then try to down it before it goes in the end zone. So things where you could still work on your craft, but have a little bit of fun with it too. And then every now and then, if we ran out of stuff to do, we uh, play the crossbar game, trying to throw the ball the ball at the crossbar and stuff like that. But there you go. I feel we, I feel like indirectly you'd become a really good punter and a really good kicker just hanging out with those guys. You know. Oh yeah. Like, goofing around, like, now you can probably kick a 45-yard field goal. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough to believe that you could do that. But I'm sure if you, like, added Chase Young to this, he'd be able to agree that you could kick a 45-yard field goal. <laughs> I will say there were, there were times, you know, after practice or during camp where, you know, you'd get a guy like Chase or, like, Rashad Berry who'd come over and they'd, they'd want to kick a field goal or they'd want to uh, they'd want to punt a ball or something like that, you know. Did you guys have emergency kickers or punters? Um, 
outside of the specialist unit, no, because our specialist unit is so was so deep, especially yeah. last year. We did have emergency holders though. So Drew was always our holder, and then Zach Hoover. Um, Brad Robinson took some reps at at holding, um, just in case. Uh, guys like C.J. Saunders, a lot of the wide receivers, um, took reps at some point uh, holding, just in case you know something were to happen. Yeah, that was the. Go ahead, Joe. Actually, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, I just always, I mean, you t- you see it in like the NFL. The other the other like couple of years ago, Dallas, their kicker pulled his hamstring or whatever, so they had a linebacker who was kicking off, and he was getting touchbacks. Like I just thought that was the craziest thing ever. So I figured you never know. Ohio State, if anyone had emergency kickers, Ohio State would have emergency kickers. Yeah, no. Who's like, the best uh, non-long snapping long snapper on the team? Oh, geez. I would have told you Billy Price a couple of years ago because Billy Price was our emergency long snapper. Um, uh, I would have to say Tough Borland. Um, tough He's Borland. Because he actually took reps during practice in 2017. Or 20 – yeah, 2017, it was just me. I was the only guy, so we needed a, we needed a backup, and it was Tough Borland. Um, and also, surprisingly, Devon Hamilton is a good long snapper. <laughs> we were talking about him last episode. Uh, you know Andrew Dockich, obviously. Yeah. Dockich, when he first came to Ohio State, literally the first game that we went to, you know where – obviously, you know where our seats are. Yeah. And Doc goes, do you see 53? I'm like, yeah, what, what about it? He's like, he is the biggest dude I have ever seen in my life. So, from that day on, this was three and a half years ago, he's like, that's my favorite player in Ohio State history. And he, he stuck to it. He stayed, He was there for three yeah. more years, and he – Loves Devon Hamilton to this day. He texts me, he's like, you see he's got drafted? Devon is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen and also one of the quietest and nicest people I've ever met in my life. Who's, who's the biggest goofball on the, on the team? It's hard. We had so many. Yeah, um, list them off. Outside of the specialist unit, I would say guys like Rashad comes to mind, Chase comes to mind, um, I mean, really, everybody had a little bit, had a little bit of goofiness. In it. Uh, Rico, Damon Arnett, um, was it another, uh, another teammate? Guy. Yeah, another teammate, uh, <laughs> but a guy that likes to have a lot of fun. Really, everybody to a certain extent. Um, a lot of funny guys, a lot of guys like to dance around and have fun and stuff. So when you, because you said definitely during the draft, you were like, all right, I'm going to be a Raider. When they took Damon Arnett 19th. Were you excited? Were you like, damn, I got to go back to being with, with <laughs> Damon? Or what was your – were you were you like, that's my teammate? No, I love Rico. I say Rico. Uh, that's his, his nickname. Obviously. I love Damon. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he, and I, he and I actually had a lot of conversations um, during the offseason last year going into the 2019 season about him um, – uh, you know, coming back for his last year, getting his degree and kind of the steps that he needed to take to um, to show teams that he was a guy of great character um, as well as a hard worker. Um, and so he and I had a lot of talks about that, about, you know, about faith and about, um, you know, what he's doing and how he's on the, the right track. And you can see now it's, it's you know, paying off. So I was really excited uh, when he, you know, it's always nice to have Buckeyes, you know, at the next level. But uh, to have someone from my class that I came into Ohio State with and spent five years with and a guy who I consider a friend, um, you know, that was awesome. You guys can room together. That'll be, that'll be cool. <laughs> there you go. And he'll 
Yeah, yeah, he can pick up the tab. <laughs> His signing bonus is a little bit bigger than mine. So. You can get a timeshare at, like, the Bellagio or something cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wonder if, like, I wonder what they're – I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't, they're not going to stay – they're not going to let you stay on the strip, obviously, but I feel like that could be advantageous for some people. I would highly doubt it. <laughs> but you got to remember, too, um, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys that are, you know, on the team, at, on any team, uh, you get guys that are in their, you know, mid thirties, late thirties, early forties that have families. Yeah, know, they need a house. Wives yeah. and kids, and so they got houses. They got, you know, but have you talked to Gruden kids. yet? Uh, I haven't. I haven't talked with Coach Gruden yet. Um, I've spent a lot of time. Well, I spent all of my time uh, in terms of talking with coaches, um, spending time with the special teams coaches, with Coach Basaccia and uh, and Coach Storer. How Just much don't, coaching? Don't do the knock head. if you're with me thing when you talk to him for the first time. Sorry, don't do the knock if you're with me thing. I, that that's played out probably. I would I would recommend against that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was just gonna say, how much coaching do long snappers get from the head coach versus their coordinators? Um, it depends. Um, I you know at Ohio State, Ohio State's a special place. Coach Meyer was involved in every aspect of every special teams. And that was one of the first things that he told me when I committed was he said, you know who your position coach is? And I said, oh, you know, it's, it's Coach Combs, the special teams coordinator, right? And he goes, no. He goes, it's me. He goes, I'm the long snapping coach. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes punt is mine. He goes, you report to me. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> uh, but at the next level, I would assume, you know, obviously I don't have experience at the next level yet. Um, I would assume – it falls more on the special teams coordinator and the special teams assistant, um, especially in talking with, with coach Bisaccia. And that was what, that was one of the reasons that, that I picked, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders was um, there. First of all, coach Bisaccia is a, a legend in the, in the special teams community as a coordinator. Um, but also just listening to him talk about the importance of, of, of special teams, but also the importance of the long snapper position Talk, talking to him about some of the drills that 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 he and his staff use to develop long snappers um, and talking about how the long snapper plays um, a role and how that role fits into um, uh, what we would call at Ohio State the plan to win um, you know it reminded me a lot of the culture that coach Meyer coach day uh, coach Combs and coach Barnes you know established and and uphold so that was that was awesome I you mentioned the plan to win. I have, I got a, a funny story. So okay. Golden, you know that I took the coaching football class at Ohio state, right? I think I told you that. Mm -hmm. So, and Liam, when, when I would come to class at, you know, seven fifteen in the morning, Liam and Sean, they, they would always give me like food and drink from the, from the Woody and stuff. And whenever coach, coach Meyer taught that class and he taught that class, um, he was there maybe four times. And every time he gave us the same lecture, I mean, it's not a lecture, it's a speech, you know, because, I mean, it's not, it's not a lecture. Um, and it was, every time it was about the plan to win. So I know the plan to win. Hey. And he would relate it to business. It was so funny. I'd be like, I'd be like, coach, I have this. In, we all have this in our notes already, but keep going, please. We love hey, it. And you, and you know, the last part of the plan to win, win the kicking game. <laughs> exactly. You know, win yeah. the kicking game. Yeah. And uncle, who was the real teacher of the class, would – he would say, all right, guys, um, how does this relate to business? And you'd go down, and it all makes sense. You know, the best offense is a good defense, whatever, right? You know, like, that's not word for word what it is, but that's the kind of stuff on there. And then he says, win the kicking game. And we all look at each other like, 
we don't know how that works for real life. And then he just says whatever every time it's something different. And we're like, yep, you're right. So, Liam, one of the last questions I have. So, you played with all these guys that were drafted. Of all the guys that were drafted, and I know the easy answer is your, is your friend Chase. So, besides Chase Young, who do you think makes the biggest immediate impact for their team? I would say a couple different guys. I would one. I would say Jeff Okuda. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with the this, the situation uh, in Detroit with them bringing in Jeff Okuda and replacing Darius Slay. Um, I think Jeff is going to make a huge splash in Detroit. I think everyone from from Buckeye Nation or from the the Woody Hayes Athletic Center knows uh, how how good of a player Jeff is and how he can really literally cut the field in half. Um, for a quarterback I think I really honestly think Damon Arnett is going to make a huge impact in Las Vegas I think people are going to be surprised to see one how physical he is but two how smart he is and how well he knows the game of football and I really think he's going to fit into the Raiders defense perfectly he's a big guy uh, for a quarterback he's physical um, he's smart and he goes balls to the wall in absolutely everything that he does. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all um, if he has an immediate impact on and off the field in, uh, in Las Vegas. And then last but not least, Davon Hamilton, obviously, because he's course. the best player ever. Because he'll literally make a physical impact because of how large he is. He will make the biggest impact. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Liam, I, th- my, I think – we're going to wrap this up. My last question for you is we like to ask all our guests this. Do you have any questions for us? When can I be on next? <laughs> uh, no. Um, you know, off the top of my head. With Chase. <laughs> with Chase. Um, I don't know if I have any, uh, any, any questions for you. Um, I think it would be, uh, yeah. When are you going to be in Columbus next so we can hang out? Yeah, soon. Soon, mid mid May, hopefully, if, if if everything goes well. So awesome. Well, as of right now, you know, rookie mini camp is virtual and everything. So we will we'll go to Sloopy's and then we'll go uh, we'll go to Wing Night at, at Quaker Steak up there for us. So. Perfect. Yes, perfect. And Andrew, you're coming too. I'm coming. I'm coming. I think you guys play the Browns this year. I'm a Browns fan. If it's in Cleveland, which I th- I, I believe it is, I will be there. So maybe we'll do a little post game meetup, jersey swap. I'll give you the drive the lane shirt. You give me the. If, if you haven't already swapped with Tenzel Ward, you can you can jersey swap with me. Perfect. I have a feeling that uh, maybe Denzel Ward and Damon Arnett might swap, but Liam, you should get on that early. Get on. We'll early. do a little three-way swap. Do you have a number and, yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. But uh, but we'll definitely we'll do a three-way swap. They'll swap jerseys, and I'll I'll swap with myself. So I'll end up with mine. But you'll be like, hold on, let me go back and get my white jersey and change it for the. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're going to end up with you're going to end up with Damon's and you're already going to have like 10 of those from all the other games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. All right, buddy. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, man. You got anything else? Uh, I I mean, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And like I said, uh would love to uh touch base again and uh and uh, be on the Drive the Lane podcast again. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Make a highlight play and we'll tweet it and then we'll have you on the next day. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you, man. Talk to you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye. All right, thank you for listening or maybe watching to this episode of the Drive the Lane Podcast.
We're hoping to have a Walk-On Chronicles Part 2 coming here soon. That's probably the, the next episode coming from us. Joey, any thoughts? Um, Liam's the man. That was a blast to do. Um, he, I hope that you guys realize, like, the insight that he was giving us was really, really cool. Like, no one knows what special teamers do. And he was telling no. us what does. He doesn't even know. Yeah, I mean, like, whether it was the pre-draft stuff or the actual practice stuff, like, if any of you knew that, then you're, you're lying to yourself. You know, so it was cool. He's an awesome guy. He'll be on again because um, he's the man. And he is, he, uh, I think that Chase Young story is so damn funny. So cool. That's going to make its rounds around Twitter. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we appreciate everyone listening. Continue to interact with us. We'll keep tweeting out. And by we, I mean, Andrew, we'll keep tweeting out all the time. Um, Hopefully May is the turn of all this in terms of maybe not the virus, but in terms of getting, our lives semi back. I know that golf, it will be legal in May. So I will, I'll be, you know, starting to do some sport related stuff. So I hope that everyone back in Ohio is, is taking advantage of the, the golf that they have that we don't have here. Um, and yeah, we will talk to you guys shortly. Buckle up. Good job, boy. Go Buckeyes.